This podcast was recorded Thursday, December 7th at 10.04 a.m. Things may have changed by the time you hear this. Like Governor DeWine will authorize $1 million for Ohio State to sue the college football playoff system because the committee did not select the Buckeyes, just like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is doing for Florida State. Now, granted, FSU does have a better case. Let's talk politics. This is Snollygoster, WOSU Public Media's weekly look at Ohio politics and all those Snollygosters, those shrewd politicians who lose an election by a wide margin and then say voters did not know what they were doing. I'm Mike Thompson. Coming up on the podcast, another really big indictment in the nuclear bailout scandal. But first, as of this recording, recreational marijuana is legal in the state of Ohio. Just five decades ago, you could get 10 to 20 years in prison for just possessing marijuana and 20 to 40 years in prison for selling it. Now it's not a crime at all, so long as you are over 21 and so long as you have a license to sell marijuana. Of course, this is because of Issue 2, which Ohio voters easily passed by a 14-point margin last month. It allows for the regulated sale of recreational marijuana. It allows for the possession and for Ohioans to grow small amounts of it at home, up to a dozen plants right there next to the tomatoes. But it's going to take some time to get this up and running, and state lawmakers are considering making some changes to the law, which they can and likely will. Among the changes being considered, allowing individual communities to ban marijuana, banning homegrown marijuana, ordering the marijuana to be less potent than what voters approved, increasing the taxes, changing how that tax money is spent. Some advocates say when Ohio voters passed Issue 2, this is advocates for the changes, they say when Ohio voters passed Issue 2, decisively passed Issue 2, they did not know exactly what they were voting for. Now, on the eve of marijuana becoming legal, the state Senate approved many of these changes, and that bill goes to the House, and Governor DeWine, who is not a fan of legal marijuana, endorsed the bill. And we have an obligation to follow the will of the people, unless that's changed at some point, but we also have an obligation to make this work and to try to protect people who don't want to be exposed to marijuana smoke, but also the people who are consuming marijuana to make sure it is safe. The group that... One, the fight for issue two is not pleased. Tom Herron of the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol says the bill does go against the will of the voters. The thing that is maybe most surprising is that members of the Ohio Senate apparently just woke up today and realized that there's an illicit market for marijuana products. The measure now moves to the House and waiting for it is a Republican lawmaker who has long supported legalizing, regulating and taxing marijuana. And that is State Rep. Jamie Callender from suburban Cleveland. And Representative Callender joins us now. Welcome to Snollygoster. Welcome back, Representative. Thank you. Good to be here as always. Well, last time you were on, you said lawmakers should pass a law legalizing marijuana on your terms before the voters did it. How many I told you so's have you mentioned in the past couple of weeks? Well, that has been kind of uh, fun, and and I don't have to because a number of legislators are coming to me saying, gosh, you were right, we should have. Um, And uh, I think there's a little bit of of regret among a lot of our our members. Um, They were concerned about passing it uh, 
through the legislation I've introduced the last several sessions, mm -hmm. not just this session, but but the session before that as well. I think they had some concern that it was unpopular and it would be against the uh, the voters of their district or the citizens of Ohio. And I think the citizens have been very, very clear that that is an outdated and incorrect um, perception um, and that the, the general public uh, is supportive of adult use, uh, responsible adult use, and is uh, certainly not a, opposed to it. Um, Were you surprised by the margin? No, no, I, I think, you know, one of the advantages of having a citizen's legislature like we do here in Ohio is that we live in our districts and, and we're around the, the folks that are our voters, that are the voters uh, on a daily basis. And we get to know, uh, I mean, it's where we live. Yeah. It's our neighbors, it's our friends, it's our family. And it's an issue that used to be taboo to talk about, but I'm pretty good at it getting people to to talk and I enjoy getting to know people. The more you know folks in Ohio, the more you realize that a lot of people either use, have used, or at least are not offended by um, cannabis. Some of the medical uses, uh, pain relief, relaxation, uh, are, are much more prevalent, I think, than than those who have not been exposed or aren't out in the community enough uh, think it is. Yeah. So I, I was not surprised at all by the margin. Yeah, and a lot, I mean, we're the 24th state now. So 23 came before us to legalize recreational marijuana, or as we like to call it here on Snellagoster, marijuana for fun. Anyway, uh, so Representative, there's been some concern, some uh, remarks that said that Ohioans didn't know what they were voting for. Do you agree with that? Uh, I'm not sure if I can say this on air or not, but I call bullshit. I, I think the the voters knew exactly what they were voting for. Both the pro and the anti campaigns were real clear. You know, we've had some legislators, usually with the first name senator, trying to um, eliminate home grow, or or now they passed something yesterday that limits home grow to six plants per household versus what the people voted on, which I think was clear. Uh, the people voted on six six per person or twelve per household. Um, so no, I think the voters uh, were very aware of what they were voting for, and were aware of of at least a lot of the details of the language. Uh, they were certainly aware there was home grow included in the language. They were aware that legally, which as of midnight uh, last night, legally you can possess up to two and a half ounces. Um, that you can grow up to six plants individually or 12 per household um, and that it will soon be available for uh, for purchase at a licensed retailer. Now, on the eve, like six hours before it went into effect, there was a it was a measure that passed the Senate. It was attached to a, it was an amendment to another bill. But it basically said that some of the changes the Senate uh, approved uh, this week reduce home growth from uh, 12 plants to six as a maximum, but increase the taxes imposed on marijuana. Uh, it would direct money away from some social programs and more towards police and even prisons. It allows for the expungement of prior convictions that would now not be illegal. What do you think of those changes, Representative? Well, as with any piece of legislation, there was there are some things I agree with and some things I don't. Fundamentally, 
I think it's important that we respect the the spirit for sure and and really the letter of what the voters passed. So I would be very opposed to they put some pretty strict limits on THC content. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the potency the point of where marijuana. Basic, yeah. Of marijuana. Yeah. Uh, and it would, in essence, uh, make vapes illegal. And, and a lot of folks in Ohio in the medical and then in other states in the adult use, uh, a vape or a, a, a pen um, is is the method of choice for a lot of folks, and and their version would eliminate that as an option. Um, so there are some things in their bill that I'm just very opposed to, and 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 would not be able to support. I think a majority of the people's house uh, agrees with that. Now there were some things that were good in their in their bill. Um, they uh, and and the governor seemed to agree with the concept. Um, have a process where we could get the market opened earlier than it would uh, would be otherwise. And I think that's a, a great thing to do. Um, the people have voted on it and it's kind of frustrating. You vote on something, you have a victory party, you celebrate, you wait till December 7th when it goes into effect and and you can't buy it any place. Um, and, and that's a frustration for a lot of folks. Um, and so they had some mechanisms that would allow products to, to get to uh, retail market much earlier, and I'm very supportive of that. I appreciate the work they've done there. Uh, And they worked on some things um, that were not addressed by the ballot initiative. The ballot initiative left a lot to the legislature and to rulemaking by executive agencies. And they dealt with some some things like uh, advertising and making sure children don't have access uh, that I you know, we'll continue to discuss with the Senate and look at, but I think a lot of those were really good and good ideas. So I've, I'd say I'm supportive of about half of their changes uh-huh. or changes. I, I'm not going to call them changes, half of their clarifications and guidance. And you have, you have you, you've yeah, sponsored they, your own bill and, and yes. you, you say that sort of common sense changes, alterations to what the voters approved. Basically, what's the bottom line? What are you trying to do with your bill? Well, let me let me be, clarify. It's not changes; it's clarifications. Okay. And and we work really hard not to change anything that the voters voted on. Uh, if it was something that was specifically in the language, um, we're going to try not to alter that. So anything that is in the bill that I'm sponsoring um, is going to clarify and direct um, and maybe do some ancillary things. Uh, again, child protection, uh, some, there'd been some issues in Michigan with advertising and we're gonna try to avoid those problems. There's some problems in other states where people take advantage of home grow and create basically a co-op that becomes a corporate farm. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they end up with so much excess product that they start trying to sell it even though they're not really allowed to. So, you know, we're putting some guardrails to make sure that doesn't happen, that home grow is in fact home grow. Um, another thing the Senate did that that really bothered me a lot was say that you could not smoke any place except in your own residence. Um, and And that to some degree defeats the purpose for a lot of people. Uh, I think there's a number of Ohioans that um, want to, and it was advertised like this in the ballot initiative, treat marijuana like alcohol. So 
you know, you can't smoke in a building, just like you can't smoke cigarettes in a building. But a lot of our bars and, and venues and restaurants will have an outdoor area where folks can go enjoy a meal or enjoy a band or enjoy socializing and have a drink and, and frequently smoke a cigarette or a cigar. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of folks would like to to enjoy uh cannabis in yeah. that same environment. In and, fact, and today, able... in fact, today there are yeah. several bars that are opening up their patios we've seen online. And oddly enough, the, uh, the <clears throat> they begin at 420 this afternoon, the first day the law is in effect, they're going to open their patio. Oh, There's one in Marysville. I'm glad to hear that. That's, that's pushed. I, I understand. <laughs> I need you. to look at you. You're, if you're, you have an online listing of those, I'll take a look at it. Well, them. there's one in Marysville. I forget the name of it though, but, uh, yes, you, your, your banjo and your, your ponytail would be welcome at that bar as, as we, as we learned last time we were on, <laughs> on uh, on Snellagoster. Do you think lawmakers are trying to kill or hurt the Ohio market through this legislation? Yeah, it's legal, but we're not gonna we're not gonna we're gonna just you know maybe by eliminating as you claim the vaping uh, method or raising the taxes enough so it's expensive. Uh, is that I think that's a hidden agenda here by some folks? Um, it's possible. I I think um, that a lot of the senators in particular and a few members of the House and, and maybe the governor, yeah, probably the governor, are honestly concerned. Uh, they they grew up in an era and came of age in an era of just say no, of hearing how bad marijuana was, hearing the false statement, but the statement nonetheless that marijuana is a gateway drug, that it's addictive, that it's harmful. Uh, and, and they truly believe that. And in their social circles, they've never been exposed to folks that they're aware of that that have smoked marijuana with no ill effect. Uh, and, and they don't realize, especially as you get into younger generations, um, how prevalent it is. And so from their perspective, they feel justified to, to in their minds, protect the general public from these things they're afraid of. So. Part of the job of, of the advocates, the folks who helped get this passed and the people who voted for it, is to help educate them and allay their fears. None of us want children to have access to THC-containing products. Nobody's advocating for that, and everyone wants to protect from that. No one wants to have advertising aimed at children, and I think we're all together to do that. Also, no one wants this taxed to such a degree, high degree that people are either driving to Michigan or are um, going to the to the black market. We, there's a thriving black market, always has been. Uh, and if we tax the products to such a degree that people are going there, then passing issue two would have very little impact. Yeah. Uh, so I think we need to work to educate those folks. I think it's important that as it becomes implemented, folks are responsible, and I trust that they will be, um, and really allay the fears and dispel disbeliefs that so many people have. Representative Jamie Callender, a Republican from the Cleveland area, a long supporter of legalizing marijuana, regulating it and taxing it. Um, now uh, we'll look at possible changes to the law passed by voters last month, and uh, we'll follow this closely. Representative, thanks very much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and have a good day. Thanks. You too. We'll be right back. 
Think of all the things you can do in 10 minutes or less. Scroll through social media, check your bank balance, make a sandwich, or learn about the surprising economics behind all these things. The Indicator from Planet Money is a quick hit of insight into the economics of business, work, and everyday life. Every weekday in less than 10 minutes. Listen now to the Indicator podcast from NPR. It has been nearly six months since House Speaker Larry Householder started his 20-year federal prison sentence for his role in the House Bill 6 bribery scandal. His co-convict, Matt Borges, is doing five years. Now another prominent former state official faces years in prison. This week, a grand jury indicted the state's former top utility regulator for accepting bribes and embezzling Clients, former Public Utilities Commission Chairman Sam Rendazzo pleaded not guilty to the charges this week. Now, if you have been listening to the power grab in the Snollagoster feed, you know all about Sam Rendazzo. In fact, if you go back to Episode 5, which just dropped, it's all about Sam Rendazzo and First Energy, the utility that says it paid him $4 million in a bribe. Go back and check it out. And we will see if more indictments are coming, namely the former First Energy executives. The company says we're behind the scheme and that payment to Rendazzo. Time now for our Snollagoster of the Week segment, where we honor the shrewdest politician or political move of the past seven days. And this week, we give it to us, namely our, our podcast team here at WOSU Public Media. Reporter Renee Fox and producer Michael DeBonis have been working extremely hard for months on the Power Grab podcast. They carefully laid out their schedule, and they shrewdly scheduled and pushed out Episode 5, the episode that focuses on Sam Prendazzo, just a couple of hours before the Justice Department announced his indictment. Very shrewd, very shrewd. Accidentally, totally coincidentally, but very shrewd to have a terrific explanation of the PUCO's role in the scandal drop as the former head of the PUCO was getting dressed for his arraignment in federal court. That'll do it for Snollagoster this week. We are a part of the NPR network, as always. Give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and just tell your friends about us. For our student producer, Katie Genius, our digital producer, Michael DeBonis, and our audio engineer, Dalton Jones, I am Mike Thompson for Snollygoster from WOSU Public Media. Music.